Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome in, podcast listeners. We've got an absolutely loaded show for you today. Lots to get to. Uh, Discussion about Cam Newton and his future with the Panthers. I'm fired up about the Des Moines Register's decision to out this kid who raised over $2 million for a children's hospital by holding up a college game day sign. Uh, Also, uh, we will talk with Harry Gagnon. He is from uh, the Against All Odds podcast. He's working with Odd Shark. Uh, I think you guys will enjoy that as we do gambling picks in hour one. Hour three, how about John Elway? off the top uh, with the show, and then uh, also my buddy Chad Withrow. All that to come, much to discuss. Encourage you, by the way, to go sign up for wins and losses. If you've heard our conversations before about the future of media, sports, technology, all kind of rolling together with Rich Greenfield, he is going to be with us, and uh, that's going to be our wins and losses podcast guest. You guys are going to absolutely love that. But for now, Wednesday edition of Outkick the Coverage begins. Enjoy. Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis, live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. I think most people out there right now, if you were given the opportunity to buy stock and hold for the next decade in any quarterback in the NFL, your choice would be Patrick Mahomes. I think it would be hard. You'd be hard-pressed to do any better than Patrick Mahomes, who is right now putting up numbers the likes of which we have never seen before. He's got a 71% completion percentage. He's throwing for nearly 400 yards a game. He's on pace for 56 touchdowns or whatever the heck it is, something crazy. And he looks like a totally different quarterback than everybody else. Yesterday, Colin Cowherd said the way he plays quarterback feels like the way Steph Curry plays basketball. And it's such a good analogy 
that I sit back and I watch what Patrick Mahomes does, and when he's in the pocket, he behaves in a way that makes playing football at the quarterback position in the NFL look easy. In the same way Steph Curry draining long outside shots makes basketball look easy. He makes doing something incredibly hard look incredibly easy. And that is the sign of a next-to-level talent. And so as you watch Patrick Mahomes stand in the backfield, just kind of rolling out, patting the football, looking downfield, gunning it all over the place, I think he's a transcendent talent that it will be, and this is maybe a crazy idea for some of you out there, but I think he will be better at the quarterback position than Tom Brady was. Now, I'm not sure how long Tom Brady's going to play, and I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes is going to end up with anywhere near six Super Bowl titles because you have to have a ton of luck to end up with six Super Bowl titles. You also may have to have the greatest coach in NFL history alongside of you, all of those things. Going to nine Super Bowls is utterly insane, but I would bet just about every spare dollar I have that Patrick Mahomes is going to win multiple Super Bowls. Now, I say all of that about Patrick Mahomes. There are still cautionary tales in the NFL of guys who looked like they were going to have the ability to be the face of the NFL, and then they fell apart. And right now, we've got that story going on in the NFL with Cam Newton. Think about Cam Newton. If I had come on this show back when Cam Newton was 17-1 and and preparing to play against the Denver Broncos, his team was around a touchdown favorite. He was the reigning MVP. If I had come on then, when Cam Newton is 26, 27 years old, already won a Heisman Trophy, already become the number one overall draft pick in the uh, in the NFL, and then have become the MVP of the league and put his team into the Super Bowl and only lost one game all year. And if I had told you, I think Cam Newton, within four years, is going to be on the ropes as to whether or not his NFL career is going to continue, I think many of you would have justifiably called me crazy you would have said that that opinion was totally absurd. There was no evidence to justify it, and yet here we are. Reports are that Cam Newton may be out as much as a month, and if you watch the way Kyle Allen played against the Arizona Cardinals, Cam Newton had lost eight games in a row as the Carolina Panthers quarterback, and then Kyle Allen comes in and throws for four touchdowns and plays at a different caliber than Cam Newton has been playing for the last couple of years. I think it's possible that Cam Newton ends up getting benched in favor of Kyle Allen if Allen ends up playing as well as I think he might. And the challenge that I believe Cam Newton now finds himself in the middle of is, does he want to continue to be a football player? Because if you watch the Thursday night game where inexplicably the Carolina Panthers did not run the quarterback sneak with Cam Newton – and they ran Christian McCaffrey to the wide side of the field, and the Bucks made the tackle there to win the game. If you watch the postgame, when Cam Newton put on the shawl that he was wearing that looked like, and I'm not even kidding about this, what my grandma used to wear when I was a kid 
in like the early 1980s. Might be what your grandma wears now when she goes out to the to to, to the grocery store or goes out uh, to church uh, on a on a random day. I mean, he looked utterly ridiculous, and I I think a lot of people around the league are starting to ask the question: Is Cam done? And now that we've got Kyle Allen having replaced him, part of being done is finding somebody who's better than you that could play in your place. I'm not sure that Cam Newton is going to continue. I think we could have an Andrew Luck-like situation here where Cam Newton decides to just hang up the cleats because I don't see him as a guy who's going to hang on desperately to the NFL. He considers himself an icon. Icons don't stand on the sideline and hold clipboards and back up other quarterbacks. I don't know what's going to happen here, but Michael Vick was on Speak for Yourself yesterday, and he had this to say about Cam. Mike, I don't want to put you in a pickle, but I'm going to ask you the question because I've been I've been on this campaign ever since Cam showed up with the scarf wrapped around his head. <laughs> I didn't like it from a I didn't leadership like it either, standpoint. Man. Okay. I didn't like it. You can't leave? I mean, look, look. Got everybody watching you, Cam, including your teammates. And look, it, this is not, you know, this is not a fashion show. This is football. Mm. You know, I mean, throw the suit on. We like, the hats was cool. He got away with that. But, I mean, I, I respect Cam for what he do as a football player. Look, I, I respect him because he loves fashion. But, you know, it's it's a different domain, a different approach you got to take as far as your appearance and everything, man. Everything plays a factor. It is interesting to think about what Michael Vick would be capable of if – 40-year-old Michael Vick, or whatever the heck he is. He's around 40 years old, I think. Uh, 38-year-old Michael Vick, whatever he is. If he could go back in time and be 22-year-old Michael Vick when he was coming into the league uh, and and really commit because his potential when he was on was unlike anything we've ever seen maybe in the history of the NFL. He's 39 right now. He's around my age. But it would be really remarkable to see what he was capable of if he really committed himself to the quarterback position. But I do think that is a question that a lot of people around the NFL are asking that if you had said will be a great and huge topic in three or four years, nobody would have ever bought in. So I want to bring in the crew this morning. And we got a loaded show for you. I think who else who all do we have today, Danji? I know we got Harry from Odd Shark. He's on the Against All Odds podcast. We're gonna get some gambling picks with him. He's up early with us in uh, Las Vegas. Then we got Jeff Shorts. We got Chad yep. Withrow. I think we have do we have John Elway? We, yes, we have John Elway. In fact, I told Coop about it and he's like, Man, I'm staying up. Yeah. I'm not going to bed until Elway is on the show. So we've got John Elway in uh, hour three, I believe, today, right? The top of hour three? Yep, right at the top of hour three. So we got a loaded show for you coming this way, but let's go ahead, and uh, I am intrigued by this Cam question in the wake of Kyle Allen. Uh, if I told you right now, I want to get everybody's opinion on this, if I told you right now, over under two years that Cam Newton continues to play football, what would you say? Counting this year as one, right? Like not two years, meaning, hey, is he going to be playing in September of 2021? Meaning this full year and next year, does he play after that? Yeah, I. last time you asked this question, I said, yeah, I thought he would play for one last contract because coming off of these injuries, he's going to want to try to prove himself. This injury, though, is more severe than what everybody thought. So if his healing process doesn't go well here, then everything could change, obviously. I just I don't know like let's say Kyle Allen comes in and wins three out of four games 
given the fact that Cam Newton lost eight games in a row, do you replace Kyle Allen with Cam Newton? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't I don't know that that's an easy decision, especially for Ron Rivera, who is all, as 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 high on the chopping block outside of Jay Gruden as you can basically be as a head coach in the NFL right now. I I don't know what the solution is going to be. What about you, Dub? What do you think is going to happen here? I mean, I'm not even sure he's going to play anymore this year. I mean, he's going to be out probably six to eight weeks. They're saying. And if Kyle Allen, I know it was one game against the Arizona Cardinals. It was an incredible performance. It really was. And also, I mean, you got to think, Cam Newton's lost his last eight starts. Yep. And Kyle Allen has won his last two. Now, I know one of them was Week 17 last year against the Saints when they were resting people. But he's looked good in two NFL starts so far. And, I mean, if he keeps it up and even a little bit on this pace, I could see him finishing out the year. And then, you know, we'd have to come back to this question next offseason if Cam Newton gets – 100% 100% healthy, and there's no guarantee that happens. Dub, you're an Auburn guy. When Cam Newton was in the Super Bowl, when he was the reigning MVP, when his team was favored to win that game, let's go back in time. I believe that was 2015 Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's been about three or four years since that happened. Would you have ever believed or contemplated that it was possible that this is where we would end up? I mean, at the time, there was no way. I mean, no one thought that. I mean, he was coming off an MVP season. They were 15-1. and one. Uh, They did not have a good Super Bowl performance. I'll grant you that. But his stock was on the rise, and it looked like it was going you know, straight to the top. And he, was that, he kind of found himself that year. But since then, I mean, he's kind of come back to the mean, I guess. And now here we are, the last two, three years, he's dealt with injuries, shoulder, foot, all different sorts of injuries, and it, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen again. So, And I you mean, also agree that he doesn't seem like he has the fire in his belly anymore. I mean, yeah, it does seem like that. And, and you know, you can't really blame him. I mean, the guy's been injured so much the last three years. It's, it's got to be tough to have that fire in your belly to come out and keep rehabbing just to keep getting injured and, you know, keep having setbacks. So, I mean, I'm sure it's really hard on him, but, I mean – it's 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 a tough situation in Carolina with Cam Newton for sure. It's definitely uh, very eerily familiar. It feels to me as if uh, the Andrew Luck situation, where you have a guy who is insanely talented, comes out and is absurdly gifted at the quarterback position at a young age, but he takes so many hits that all those hits start to add up, even at a young age. And I feel as if Cam Newton may be making a, a decision that's somewhat similar to Andrew Luck before all is said and done. The difference would be Andrew Luck left, and I still believe Andrew Luck will come back, by the way. Andrew Luck left at the absolute peak of his quarterbacking abilities. He was as good as he could have possibly been. His best year ever as a professional was the year that he finished right before he left, whereas Cam is now several years past the peak of his ability, and I'm not sure if he can climb the mountain back to the MVP-style quarterback that he was before all these injuries really started to add up. What do you think happens, Eddie Garcia? Well, I could definitely see him, uh, you know, uh, his time in Carolina coming to an end, but I think the, the state of quarterbacking in the NFL is such that if he wants and he's healthy, he will get a chance to try and play somewhere else, and I think he will try and play somewhere else, but I do agree with you. He will not go hold a clipboard anywhere. Yeah, so that's my challenge with Cam in general. Do you really think that somebody would say, hey, you're our quarterback, you don't have to win this job? Or do you think somebody would say, hey, we're, we're interested in you, we think you got a lot of talent, but you can come in and compete for the job? Because I don't even know 
that I buy the idea that Cam would sign and go somewhere else and compete for a job. I think it's true, yes. If somebody said, hey, we 100% believe in you, a uh, coach, an offensive coordinator, and we want you to be our guy, and we're going to sign you to a three- or four-year decent-sized contract, almost the likes of what somebody like Nick Foles got, I can see Cam agreeing to do that. But I don't know that there's anybody in the NFL right now who would make that kind of offer to Cam Newton if he were uh, suddenly an unrestricted free agent. Well, I mean, looking at it right now, maybe not, but things change quickly. Teams, you know, decide to get rid of of players, uh, and then you know there's an opening somewhere that we don't see at the moment. Yeah, look, I mean uh, that that's always possible, but the trend lines on Cam are certainly troubling. I think, and there's some Andrew Luck uh, aspects at play here as well. I think with his own psychological state, Roberto, what do you think? Is Cam done? Yeah, I think in Carolina he's he's done soon. But like Eddie says, it's somebody's always desperate for a starting quarterback, and I think maybe he'll be able to get a job with another team. Kyle Allen, the Panthers, on the road against the Texans. It will be intriguing to see what exactly he is capable of now, Kyle Allen meaning, now that teams know exactly what is at play here. What are the Texans able to do uh, against him to me, that's one of the most intriguing stories to follow in the NFL in general. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! 
What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installation near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their hand-cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we bring in Harry Gagnon now. He is uh, working for Odd Shark, doing an uh, incredible job early in the season. Not as good of a job this past week picking games. But before we get to picking games, how do you think Sal's going to do? Uh, for people out there who watch Lock It In, uh, Harry has been uh, friends with Sal since when? Like you guys were like five years old? I don't know. You've known each other for a long time. Yeah, we've we, uh, we been uh, buddies for, since college. Yeah, since college. So Sal I got him, is. I actually re- got him into gambling, believe it or not. Oh, so, you yeah. did? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so. You're the one who got him into gambling. So he is going to be tomorrow on Thursday Night Football live from Green Bay as Fox debuts Thursday Night Football with the Eagles on the road against the Packers. And Sal is going to start making picks on Fox. How do you think he's going to do? This is a big step up in category. I mean, it's one thing to do Lock It In with me and Todd Furman and Rachel Bonetta or do a podcast with you. Now, all of a sudden, with millions of people watching, this is uh, this is next-level pressure on the, on the gambling picks. Huge, man. You know, Thursday night football, NFL, it's going to be crazy. Uh, I think he's going to do good, though. He, he, know, he always knows how to pick. He, he handles himself pretty good. He'll know how to come up with a, a situation if he needs to pick an underdog or something. He can, he can sniff it out. I think he'll do just fine. What about the athleticism required? He's evidently going to try to do the Lambo leap. And if you watch in the end zone, you know, it's like six feet up, right? I mean, like people yeah. think, oh, the Lambo leap is easy because they see really athletic guys score touchdowns and jump up to celebrate with the fans. But if you're an average size guy, like you got to have some pretty good upper body strength to get yourself up, especially because the fans probably aren't that excited to pull you up. No, you know what, Clay? I'm making that line. I think you and I should probably put a line. Yeah, what do you think the line would be on Sal being able to make it into the Lambeau League? For people out there who don't know, Sal is what, 5'6", 5'7", 5'8"? I mean, I don't know. How tall would you say he is? Uh, 
we've had a debate on who's taller, me or him. But I, I he, 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 we finally put it to bed where he, he's he's about an inch and a half maybe taller than me. So he, he's he's all of a Kyler Murray ish five nine. <laughs> Kyler Murray is five nine would be yeah. a good way to put it. So not that it matters that much on your height, but the bigger you are, the easier it is, I think, to get up in general on the six feet. So what would you set the line at? Like if he if he gets assistance. If he gets assistance, I don't think that counts. But like if it were just an empty, he's a fair like he's pretty good at push-ups. I'd put him, but you got to have good footing. Is I don't he? know what his shoe situation's going to be. I don't uh, know. I think I think you know what? I mean, he did do the wrestling. He was he is one and oh lifetime wrestling in the WWE, which was amazing. I was there for that. That was fantastic. He was great. But I mean, still now he he's 11 days older than me. He's 48 years old and I think uh I think to really get up on that six feet wall, I'm putting them at plus three fifty. Plus, oh wow! I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking maybe minus. I'm thinking it's almost fifty fifty. Like I don't, I, I think, I, I think I'd put him, you know, That's almost even there. odds. Yeah, hmm. I think so because I, really? I'm wow. kind of impressed by his. Uh, he did one arm push ups, and so I think he might have better upper body strength than maybe we're anticipating. So, okay. uh, so I don't know, but I, I, I think I want to see this anyway. It's going to be going on. Thursday night football as part of the pregame show. It should be pretty fun, and it's awesome for for him and certainly for the television show uh, for him to get the opportunity to advertise it. All pumped up for him. I'm I'm, I'm psyched for him. It's going to be great. All right, what has not been great? What we were just talking about to open the show, I'm curious what you think about this. If we had said several years ago when Cam Newton was sitting at 17-1 and and about to play in the Super Bowl against Peyton Manning and the Broncos – Hey, I think in a couple of years, three, four years, Cam Newton's going to be completely done. It would have been an absolutely insane argument to make. Yet, at this point in time, now that Kyle Allen is playing, Cam Newton sitting out with whatever the foot injury is, do you feel like Cam has much left as a starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers? You know what, Clay? I really don't. I mean, uh, you're right. I mean, look. 6'5", 250, 260 pounds. He would do anything he would need to do to get that yard. He would when, he, when Carolina, like you said, three years ago, put him down at the one-yard line, he was always the guy to get over the top, get that touchdown for them, get that extra yard. I mean, he had, uh, in 2015, he went for 35 touchdowns, 10 picks. What a season he had that year. And then he's, you know, fairly, you know, he's like regressed after that. He had 19 and 14 in, in 16, just 22 and 16 in the year after. It hasn't been that great for him and hasn't been that good for the Panthers. No, he really hasn't. Um, and uh, so let's dive into the weekend that's coming in uh, college football in the NFL. Uh, now, again, you're doing work with Odd Shark. You can check him out at oddshark.com. You can also see everything that Harry's linking pretty easily at uh, what AAO uh, Harry, right? AAO right. Uh, yep. Harry on uh, Twitter, which is also the Against All Odds podcast you do with Sal and a couple of your other buddies. So let's start in the NFL. What do you like the most this weekend in the NFL from a gambling perspective? You know what? Call me crazy here, Clay. But I like the Bills plus the seven against the Patriots this week. That is really crazy. Do. The Bills now sitting at three and zero. Do you like them potentially to sprinkle some money on the money line? Are you that crazy, or do you think I just do. to cover the seven? Oh, really? I do. I'm crazy. Like I mean, yeah. You, last week wasn't a great week. It was a down week uh, in the contest. I went two and five. Had a lot of tough losses. But this week, I think I'm coming back strong, and I like uh, a couple plays here. And the first one is the Bills. I think this is going to be defensive game. Jordan Poyer. 
Uh, Trevedius White have three picks combined for the Bills in uh, three games. I think Brady uh, tries to run the offense in terms of running the ball. They're trying to figure that out and get things go- things going that way. I just think that uh, you know uh, the Bills. This is the place. To, this is the place to be this week. Buffalo is the place to be since since uh, halftime of Week One. Uh, Josh Allen's been in complete control. He's looked confident. I love when they get down on like the three yard line and then run that power sweep with that big body of his. It works like a charm. He's gotten in the touch. He's gotten in the end zone two out of three weeks rushing the ball. Better than John Brown at like 250 yards and really has helped uh, Allen and the Bills offense that needed someone to step it up. Uh, Ex Cowboy Cole Beasley has looked good too with underneath plays and 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 blocking downfield. I just think this is a bounce back week. Uh, for me, and how about uh, and the Bills? I think they they take the seven. You need them, but also I think they win the game straight up, like twenty to sixteen. The Bills are four and one. The last five, that's an underdog. Bills are three and zero oh against the spread in their last three in the division. I think the Bills win a tight one here, twenty sixteen, and they take control of the AFC East. All right. So if the Bills win, do you believe or court will be a quarter of the way through the season, and the Bills Mafia are losing their mind right now because they finally got somebody on national radio who believes in them? All right, so you 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 may become the mayor of Buffalo before all is said and done here. But if the Bills win, do you think that that means this is a legitimate race in the AFC East for the rest of the season? Because, like you said, they would then have a one and a half game lead on the Patriots, which would stun a lot of people a quarter of the way through season. Or do you still think the Patriots would need to be a prohibitive favorite? Obviously, Buffalo's getting them at home. The uh, the Patriots would get a chance to play them back again in Foxborough. How do you see it playing out in the AFC East in general? I think still the Patriots, I'd be crazy to say they wouldn't win the division because I think they'd still probably, even if they lost, even if they slipped up. Look, the Patriots slipped up last year plenty. Yeah, uh, they lost especially early. Titans. Yeah, early. They lost uh, to Patricia in Detroit. They lost to your Titans uh, and got steamrolled by the Titans last year. So they gave away games. Belichick gave away games last year. So I think this is a situation where if they do give this away, it's not a big deal. Um, they still, like you said, would have to still go to New England and the division is still fairly easy. I think uh, the Patriots still would win the division, but I think they would probably be down to, what, maybe like minus 800 to win the division uh, yeah. if you wanted to put them on the money line. So I think it's worth uh, – I think the Bills here play tough, but I think overall for the division, Patriots still have a grasp on it. Have you ever seen anything – you grew up in New York, I believe. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen anything like the, the swing in emotion for Giants fans to go from – my God, what were we doing taking Daniel Jones at six to, man, this guy is going to be the next great quarterback in the NFL all in the space of a few months. I mean, this is crazy. And, and in particular, Fox Bet right now has Daniel Jones as the overall favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm. uh, which is a big swing as well because he was 9-1 to one last week. Now he's around plus 225. Ever right. seen anything like it? Do you buy into the Daniel Jones hype? But you know, it's it's it, the whole Eli Manning thing. He's Eli's like an anomaly, you know, because he had those two seasons and everything else during his wonderful career. He didn't get it done in the playoffs or even really go to the playoffs that much, and never won another playoff game except for those two years. So, as a Giants fan, it just you know, it, it's the the emotions are getting torn each way because he was so good in those two. Uh, Years when he won the Super Bowl, he won seven road games. He was amazing. Uh, you know, uh, seven and two, I think, road games in the playoffs. Beat Favre, beat uh, 
uh, Rodgers in Green Bay, won all, all the NFC Championship games, uh, two of them on the road. Um, but still, you know, this Daniel Jones on Sunday was amazing. I mean, he's the second quarterback ever in his debut to have two touchdown passes and two rushing touchdowns in the same game. I mean, for them, for, for and now to lose Barkley, too. I mean, to lose Barkley for four to eight weeks, if Jones plays solid and he gets wins, he actually gets some other wins, and they have some uh, possibilities out there. They play Washington, they play Arizona uh, uh, coming up, so that's definitely possibilities for wins. I think if they can get some wins without Barkley in there, that's going to be huge because Wayne Coleman is not, obviously, not uh, Saquon Barkley and. I think uh, that's going to go a long way in terms of, in terms of him winning the Rookie of the Year. For the All offense. right, let me hit you with several games here that I think are mm-hmm. big in the NFL. You tell me which ones you like from a gambling perspective, or which ones you would hop on. Right sure. now, the Eagles four point favorite, uh, sorry, four point underdog on the road against Green Bay. We talked about that game as Thursday night uh, kicking off. We got Baltimore hosting the Browns as right around a six and a half or a seven point favorite, which is wild. For the Browns' perspective, as disappointing as they've been, if they beat the Ravens, they would be at a quarter of the way through the season in first place in that division. So it's a massive swing game there. Detroit, one of the biggest surprises so far in the NFL, hosting Kansas City, still undefeated. The Detroit Lions are. Obviously, they got the tie in that first uh, week action. And uh, I would also say that, uh, let's see, the other games that I think are, are somewhat intriguing, I think probably the most intriguing left on this board at least from my perspective from national stories the Cowboys only two and a half point favorites on the road against the Saints I hit you with a bunch of games there but any mm-hmm. of those jump out in particular that you like yeah you know what I do like Clay is the Dallas it's a Dallas game but I like the Dallas Saints game to go over 47 okay um Dallas has scored in the 30s in all three games um the third overall in the league in total yards, getting almost 500 yards a game. Dak is hitting on 75% of his passes, and the Cowboys are averaging like six yards a carry on the ground. They're clicking on all cylinders right now. I mean, the Saints have scored in the 30s twice, and uh, what a season-saving win last week that was uh, as they went into Seattle and they really rolled the Seahawks. And Tate Bridgewater is fine as a replacement. He's, he's, he's been able to uh, – he should have won a playoff game against Seattle years ago at home when he was with the Vikings, so he can handle the offense. Uh, Alvin Kamara, who had 160 yards combined, the two touchdowns is the guy Dallas has to look out for. Um, I really think this game has like 37-34 written all over it. I mean, four of the last five Dallas games at night have gone over and uh, over the total, and the total has gone over in the Saints' last six games at home after consecutive road games. I think that, like I said, I think this is like both teams in the 30s, over 47. I think that's a steal. Be a hell of a game if both teams are in their 30s. Let's go to college football quickly here. Uh, Ohio State is on the road against Nebraska. The Buckeyes under Ryan Day have been an absolute just juggernaut on the offensive side of the ball uh, from the moment they started with Justin Fields. Nebraska is still looking for that, hey, we're back, and remember we've got Scott Frost win on their resume. Ohio State around the 17.5 point favorite, depending on where you're looking. But you like the over here. You think there's going to be some fireworks. Yeah, you know, Ohio State, let's see. The four games, it's got 45, 42, 51, and 76 last week against Miami, Ohio. And then the first two games, they didn't even try to score in the second half. Uh, the last three conference games they've played from last year, the games totaled 103, 101, and 69 points. In 2016, the Buckeyes scored 62 versus Nebraska in 17 on the road. They put up 56. And like you said, Justin Fields 
has been off the charts with almost 900 yards, 13 touchdowns, doesn't have a pick, been so impressive. He's got six more rushing touchdowns. J.K. Dobbins is averaging seven yards a carry, and he's got five touchdowns. Now, Nebraska's Adrian Martinez, a quarterback, has been playing well of late. He had 327 yards passing, 120 yards rushing last week uh, in a road win against Illinois. He had three touchdowns. But again, they give up three, 38 points to Illinois, who lost to Eastern Michigan the week before. So, you know, how much is Ohio State going to score? I mean, Nebraska's averaging 38 a game, so they'll get theirs, too. Um, and four of the last five times these two have met, the total's gone over with an average of 73. I think uh, like you made a good point, too. When is, Ohio, when is Nebraska going to get their statement win with picking up Scott Frost? Because they did have a disappointing season last year. But in that disappointing season last year, Clay, they did go into the horseshoe. They played Ohio State tougher than anyone That's did right. in the regular season last year and only lost by five points. And actually, Adrian Martinez outplayed uh, you know, uh, Ohio State last week or last year. So I think the over here and maybe even at home – College game days there. Maybe it's a 17 and a half when Nebraska might be a play, but definitely I love the over 67. I think that's a good call. Uh, I do like that over as well. Uh, he's at A.O. Harry. A-A-O Harry. Uh, does Odd Shark work. You can find him at oddshark.com. Also against all odds podcast with Cousin Sal, as we mentioned. Any last bet that I haven't given you an opportunity to give out that you like in either the NFL or college uh, as, uh, as we head into the break here? You know, uh, I'm curious. Uh, you know, you we mentioned the Thursday game too, and last week in uh, the Nugget contest, I did take a shot with the Broncos over the Packers, uh, plus seven and a half. Broncos probably should have covered. They destroyed themselves with turnovers inside the fifty of the, you know, in their territory. So they almost covered. They should have. They probably could have won the game too, because Green Bay again. I mean, the three and zero, but I'm not sold on Green Bay. They are twenty eighth in the NFL in total offense. Yeah. They rank 28th with, with Aaron Rodgers and only getting 300 yards a game. Eagles are 14th in total yards. I know they're banged up, but I think on this Thursday night game, they go into Green Bay and they steal this one. I mean, they need, they're need they on a two-game slide. Dallas is rolling in the east. Green Bay can afford a loss here, and I think at home, they're gonna. that's what's going to happen. Green Bay is only 1-5-1 and one in their last seven against the spread. In the last seven night games, uh, in the last uh, twelve night games, Eagles are nine and three straight up. I think the Eagles put their uh, big boy pants on and they go into Green Bay and they steal this one. This should be an outstanding game to watch. Appreciate you waking up early with us. We'll talk to you next week. Good luck on the picks this weekend. Clay, thanks, brother. Take care. That's, ha- that's Harry Gagnon. You can follow him at AAO Harry. Read him uh, on Odd Shark and listen to him on the Against All Odds podcast. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Did you guys see the story about the kid at the Iowa game who held up the sign asking for Bush Light money? Uh, I think it was the Iowa-Iowa yeah, State game yeah, on game day. thousands of dollars. Without millions. Oh, it went into he the millions? Now, he has now raised millions of dollars. I believe it's cancer research. One of you, if you will, look up exactly what the total of dollars that he has raised based on that sign on game day. I mean, millions of dollars. Uh, and so it's turned into an absolutely fantastic story. Uh, he asked people, I think, to Venmo him money for beer. Yep. And uh, and the, the sign went viral. It continued to grow. And he now has raised, I believe, somebody have the, the dollar figure in front of him, I believe he has raised millions of dollars now 
uh, through a college game day sign that went viral in the back of uh, obviously the set that they did there when they were attending the Iowa-Iowa State game. Okay, so that story happens. And again, I believe it's over $2 million now that he has raised for charity. The Des Moines Register newspaper decides that they are going to look through this guy's Twitter history. They find what they consider to be offensive tweets that he sent when he was 16 years old. Several of you are telling me that the offensive tweets are related to a Tosh.0 skit that he was doing at the time. The guy is now a college-age kid, but he was 16 years old at the time. They have forced him to apologize, the Des Moines Register has, for the tweets that he sent when he was 16 years old. And now Anheuser-Busch has said, we don't want to be affiliated with this guy anymore. We're not going to help raise money for cancer. So I want to open up phone lines here for the OutKick jury. This is something that's really got me fired up. It's not just because I'm a parent of, uh, of, of three young kids. But I am, I am utterly uh, fascinated and often troubled by the way that we respond to social media. And this is not the first time this has happened with a connection to the world of sports. It's happened a lot where people who've become famous, like if you remember Dante DiVincenzo who went off for, uh, for, by scoring a lot of points in the uh, national title game for Villanova, they went back and they were like, oh, he's used inappropriate language. And it was like he was quoting Meek, Meek Mill lyrics Uh, when he was a teenager, and it turns into a huge story and everything else. Here is my question, and I'm curious. I want to get the outkick jury to weigh in here. If we as a society have decided that children, meaning minors, our general rule is if you commit a crime before you are 18 years old, we don't want that crime to follow you into adulthood. Now, yes, there are exceptions. Sometimes minors can be tried as adults, if their crime is so serious. But most of the time, if you are a juvenile and you are arrested for committing a crime, that record gets wiped out when you become an adult and reach 18 years old. And so you couldn't go back in time if you got arrested for stealing, I don't know, a, uh, a package of M&Ms, right? Like, let's say, and, uh, and you walk out of, uh, of Walmart or something with a package of M&Ms that record, if you got arrested at 15 or 16 years old, would be expunged and it wouldn't follow you for the rest of your life. And the reason why we do that is we believe that juveniles, minors, kids make sometimes dumb decisions. And as a society, we don't believe that you should be held accountable for everything that you did when you were a kid. If we have made that decision as a society, why are minors' tweets things that kids send out when they are in high school or even before high school, considered to be stories by adults who cover these kids. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
with wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom slash sports to see their bridgestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom slash sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be I am really fired up about this story because I think it gets to what's so wrong about social media in this country. But let me give you a background. 
First of all, this is Outkick. Appreciate you spending your Wednesday morning with us. Iowa-Iowa State is a great football rivalry. Now, by the way, I know there's its own controversy surrounding that game because the Iowa band got into it with some Iowa State fans uh, at their yearly rivalry game. Iowa wins a close game. College game day is there in Iowa to cover this great local rivalry football game and basketball games. Great local rivalry, period, in the state of Iowa. And college game day is there, and there is a uh, kid, 24-year-old now, who holds up a sign and says that he needs beer money to buy Bush Light. And the sign goes viral at college game day, and people start Venmoing him a lot of money. It continues to grow, and this Iowan eventually ends up raising, this is an incredible story, millions of dollars for a children's hospital. As the money is pouring in, instead of keeping it for himself, he decides, you know what, I'm going to donate this all to charity. The story goes viral. It continues to grow. People are giving him $15, $20 at a time. Probably some of you who are listening to me right now have made a donation to this guy, and he announces that it's going to go to the Children's Hospital, and it ends up raising millions of dollars, like over $2 million now. So, the Des Moines Register, the local newspaper in Iowa there, is going to do a story on this guy. And By the way, his name is Carson King. As they are doing a story on him, doing due diligence for some reason, a background check on him, the reporter who's doing this story decides to go through all of his old tweets that he has sent since he was a kid. And they find two tweets that they deem to be inappropriate from when he was 16 years old and they decide to out him for what he tweeted when he was 16 years old. He then has to have a news conference to address the tweets that he sent when he was 16 years old. Mind you, this is in 2012. He's 24 now. There's nothing that he's tweeted inappropriate or said inappropriately as an adult for the last six years. He just raised millions of dollars for a children's hospital. And the Des Moines Register runs this article about tweets that he sent when he was 16 years old. And I think there's a lot of you out there right now who are as fired up as I am and you feel as I do that we are just getting things wrong with social media. That this cancel culture that we have created, whether it's Kevin Hart can't host the Oscars because he sent a couple of tweets that were offensive to some people, whether it's Dave Chappelle can't come out on his show and say the jokes that he does because they are offensive to some people, all the way through, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what your politics are, it doesn't matter what you believe, People, if you have a prominent platform, there is somebody out there who wants to cancel you because they're not happy with the opinions that you have on a daily basis. And this, to me, is beyond the pale. Now, it's happened a lot, right? Whether it's Josh Allen, people going back through Josh Allen's old tweets. If you have teenagers, if you have kids who are younger than teenagers, One of the things about being a kid is you oftentimes do and say stupid things. That's what growing up is. Unlike when you or I grew up, and we might have done dumb things, everything wasn't recorded on Snapchat. Everything wasn't preserved in amber forever on Twitter or on Facebook. 
this is just wrong. We are just getting it wrong. Now, the irony here is oftentimes the people who are espousing this cancel culture, this reporter, and I put reporter in quotation marks for the Des Moines Register, has hundreds of offensive tweets himself. It happens almost all the time that the person who is practicing cancel culture, if you go back through their history of tweets, they oftentimes have done or said things that are worse than the people that they are trying to condemn. But my question for everybody out there is this. Why is this a story? Why is when a guy raises millions of dollars for a children's hospital that's a feel-good story that I think everybody out there can embrace? Why is it that we feel compelled to tear people down like this, particularly for things that they did when they were kids? If we as a society have decided, and we have, by the way, that if you commit a crime when you are a minor, we're going to cancel that out and it will never be discoverable for you when you become an adult. Why in the world would we decide that your tweets, which are just words you should be accountable for, but actual crimes that you commit when you are a kid, you aren't typically accountable for them when you become an adult? Why are we getting it so wrong here? And do you agree with me? Maybe some people disagree with me. This is where we sometimes bring out the outkick jury. 877-996-6369. Is this a good proposition that I am putting forward, which is it shouldn't be a story for something that you said before you were 18 years old? And I actually think there should be a statute of limitations in general on things that people have said in the past, particularly if they're private figures otherwise who have just done something great. Everybody on the planet, in their life, in their past history, has something that they have said or done that they aren't happy about that probably happened when you were under 18. Maybe it happened when you were 23. Maybe it happened when you are 28. If you're 62, is something that you did when you were 28 really relevant as a story? I just feel like we have statute of limitations for crimes. Actual crimes. If you committed a crime, like they just said, we're talking about Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown may have committed sexual assault. One of those sexual assaults is past the statute of limitation. If we have a statute of limitations on serious crimes in this country that are physical acts, but we say, hey, that happened too long ago, we can't investigate it, it's a different time, How do we have no statute of limitations when it comes to tweets? (laughs) Seven years ago, this 16-year-old kid tweeted something that we find to be inappropriate. We're going to put that in a profile piece about him and make him hold a press conference. And by the way, people say, well, what's the impact? Anheuser-Busch pulled their sponsorship of this kid's charity because of tweets he sent when he was 16 years old. They're still donating the money, but they don't want to have any other relationship with this guy going forward. He was going to try to continue to raise money for the children's hospital. Is that a smart decision by Anheuser-Busch? No. They're being pussy willows here too. But the media is getting it wrong. Guys, I mean, I'm part of the media. I just think we're getting it wrong here. I really do. 877-996-6369. I'll take your calls. Danny G, am I crazy here or is this something that 
the nation should get behind almost in a statute of limitations, even just applying the same standard to 16-year-old tweets that we would to 16-year-old crimes. If we as a society have made the reasoned decision that you shouldn't be responsible for most crimes that you commit when you are a child, when you are not have not reached the age of majority, isn't it just natural that we would say that same logic should apply for tweets which are far less serious for words, if we're okaying the wiping out of actions, shouldn't we be like, adults shouldn't be searching a 16-year-old kid's Twitter profile. Now, by the way, my advice to kids out there, wipe out your Twitter profiles. Yep. If you're a teenager, just wipe out, cleanse everything that you ever tweeted when you're applying to college, when you are getting ready to apply for your jobs, because... People are going to go back through everything that you've ever tweeted. There's somebody out there. It doesn't matter how little you think you are of a significant figure. Everybody's got a hater. It's crazy. But if you know, uh, if you are a junior in high school right now, there's somebody who hates you. It's crazy, right? It's crazy to me that no matter who you are, everybody's got haters. But I've got haters, right? I'm on national radio, but the average 16-year-old kid who's list driving in their car uh, or riding with their parents right now has got haters too. So there are people who want you to fail. There are people who are so unhappy and deeply, I would say, dark themselves that they want to find something that you have done and hold it up in the microscope of public opinion and try to make you look bad. That's, I mean, th- th- that's the truth. Like, I mean, and you learn this early on in elementary school. There's always the kid who wants to tattle, right? That's the hater gene starting early. I'm going to tell on somebody else in the classroom. And that's basically what we're empowering now, the person who is tattling all throughout, the snitch, right? There's somebody who's going to be a hater. doesn't matter who you are. In your life, they will come after you. You can be famous like uh, Kevin Hart. Or you can be a totally anonymous guy who happens to do something great based on holding up a college game day sign, but people are going to come after you. The crazy thing that exists in our society today is everybody's got haters. My question is, why do we empower the hate? Uh, What do you think about this, Danny G? Is this crazy? Is my idea of uh, having some sort of statute of limitations, but certainly not allowing teenage teenage tweets to be stories? Is that a good one? Yeah, I'm with you on this one because of the age he was at. Well, he was a sophomore in high school at the time, right? Yeah. So, of course, we've all made questionable decisions at that age. Now, had he sent tweets like this as an adult and they were recent tweets and Anheuser-Busch found out about this, okay. But even then, you're like, why are people digging through his old tweets? It's more creepy that somebody is digging through kids' tweets, yeah, <laughs> to I mean, me, it feels like really creepy. Like if you were yeah. looking through 15-year-old kid photos, yeah, you would be like, that's kind of creepy, right? Like isn't it creepy to be an adult going through a 15 or 16-year-old's Twitter profile? Um, and the guy, and I also, this is always, this always is the case, right? The guy who did this, uh, who works at the Des Moines Register, has got hundreds of inappropriate tweets that he himself has sent out in the past. Shocker. Right? So it, it's like... You're pointing a gun at somebody while you're committing a bank robbery. You know, like you are guilty of worse things than you're writing about. And this is where I think a lot of people feel like the media isn't fair and isn't making the right decisions. It's like we can't have any more good stories. And the last time I had read about this, 
it was in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. I had no idea it crossed the million dollar mark. It's over two million now, it's I think. It's ridiculous. For a children's hospital, all based on a college game day yeah. sign. Like This is something that should be a great story of sports and the state of Iowa coming together and trying to do something positive based on this kid's viral college game day sign. Yeah, it's- Anheuser-Busch, their statement says, Carson King had multiple social media posts that do not align with our values as a brand or as a company, and we will no longer associate with him. He was 16! <laughs> I mean, even Anheuser-Busch, whoever's making this decision, who's like out there like, you know what? I don't think that the beer company, the freaking beer company, should ally itself with a guy who's raising millions of dollars for children's charity. Like, who at the beer company? Your job as a beer company, and look, I like beer, I like alcohol. Your job is to get people drunk. That is the entire basis of your business. We want to get people sloppy drunk. On many levels, that's what beer companies do. And you're going to get on your damn moral high horse as a beer company because a teenager sent a couple of tweets and you're going to disassociate from raising money for a children's hospital because of this? I mean, we are getting so much wrong in social media and the way that we respond to it. And I think a big part of it is we, as a society, just weren't ready for this thing to exist. It's like this just suddenly started to occur, right? Ten years ago or so, and there were no rules, and people didn't know how to apply it, and we didn't really know what the world was going to look like or how we were going to make rules for social media. And now it's just turned into a situation where everybody's trying to cancel everybody else all the time. And I just think we're fundamentally getting it wrong as a country. What about you, Eddie Garcia? Do you think this is crazy? I do. I I went and uh, looked at the Des Moines Register's website and found one of the, I guess their editor had written uh, kind of a piece as far as the whole controversy and explained why they had to do the background check and so on. And why so do you need to do a background that's, check on a guy that, who's raised millions of dollars? Like, I understand a criminal background check. All right. If you're worried, like, hey, maybe this guy has, like, he's raising money for a children's charity. And if he had been arrested for child abuse, I would be like, okay, that sucks. But I understand why you need to write about it. A criminal background check. Maybe if you, maybe, maybe. If you're doing a feel-good story about a guy raising millions of dollars for a children's hospital, maybe you search his name and make sure that he hasn't been arrested for child abuse at some point in his life, right? Or something akin to that. Maybe, maybe you do a criminal background check. Do you need to ex- uh, like look through every tweet he's ever sent in his life, including when he was a teenager? And by the way, if it were a crime that he had committed when he was 16 years old, it wouldn't show up in a background check for the Des Moines Register or any other newspaper because we wipe out criminal arrest records of minors. So, yeah, you looked up the story, but I didn't mean to cut you off, but that fires me up too. Like, a a background? Like, what in the world do you need to do a background check for? it's flimsy. I mean, they they, they cited that it's a standard procedure of all the reporters to do something like that. But I, I don't, I think it's more likely, and I'm not a big conspiracy guy, but... 
isn't it more likely that they were digging around to see if they could find something yes. that would be a bigger story? And yes. I think it's backfired on them. If you look at a lot of the comments, uh, they're getting a lot of heat over this. Well, and, the fact that good. the freaking reporter had done hundreds of worse tweets himself, like, do you, I don't understand, like, the, 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 the thought process of a reporter here. What do you think you're going to do? Are you going to win a Pulitzer Prize? Because you're doing a profile of the guy who wrote, who raised $2 million for cancer research or children's hospital here. Maybe. Maybe you could win on a pod. Are there a lot of people out there who's like, you know what I really want? A deep investigation of the guy who did something great based on a college game day sign. It just, it fires me up. What about you, Roberto? Are you as fired up about this? Yeah, it's unbelievable, man. Do you feel like we're just getting things wrong? I mean, I think that's where a lot of people out there just get the sense. Like, we almost need a new drafting of rules for social media, like a social media constitution. Because if you think about it, the reason why we have statute of limitations that exist in, for instance, our criminal code or certainly our civil code is because we believe that someone shouldn't be held accountable. Like, when you, if you did something when you were 20 – when you're 55, we believe that you shouldn't be able to suddenly be sued for it. Now, there are certain exceptions, right? If you commit murder, there's no statute of limitations on murder. But if you uh, if you get into a traffic accident when you're 20, you can't suddenly get sued about it when you're 55, right? Like somebody can't come suddenly come back around and say, hey, oh, 35 years ago, this guy ran a stop sign, he hit my car, and I need to sue him now. No, like we have a statute of limitation in place there. And even for criminal acts, right? Like you can't be charged with crimes. There's a there's a statute of limitation for crimes. How in the world do we not have a statute of limitation in terms of the way that we apply basic uh, decency here when it comes to tweets, right? Like if Kevin Hart gets, and I'm using him as an example because it was a very prominent one, if he gets the right to host the Oscars and then some hater of Kevin Hart goes back through a decade-old tweet and they say, hey, I don't like this tweet he sent because it's homophobic in 2009 or whatever the heck it was. Like, is that really in any way a disqualifying act when it comes to him hosting the Oscars in 2019? No. Does anybody actually think that who has a functional brain? Like, that we're getting things wrong. Or I'll use another example, like the Guardians of the Galaxy movie guy. I'm a huge fan of Guardians of the Galaxy. The guy did an incredible job on Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. I don't know what his politics are, but they decided that he had made inappropriate jokes on Twitter. They took away Guardians of the Galaxy 3 from him. Disney did. Now, Disney later came back and said, you know what, we're going to reverse our decision. We want this guy to be in charge of Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But can you imagine being the kind of person who is going through a decade-old tweets from the Guardian of the Galaxy director because you don't want him to be able to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Like, people are not perfect. But if you have talents, and look, I think Kevin Hart is a talented comic. I think that the Guardians of the Galaxy guy has made two wonderful movies. If you sit and watch with your kids, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, I want him to be able to make Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I don't want his ability to create future uh, stories to be canceled out because of something that he tweeted a long time ago that isn't in any way relevant now. And I don't understand this idea that we weren't offended when this happened a decade ago, but now we're going to be offended today. Like, you look up something a decade ago, bring it back up to be offended by it? Like, how does that work? You can't, like, if it's so bad 
then it should have been an issue back when it happened. And if it's not happening right now, like how do you get retroactively offended by something that nobody would have ever known about had you not gone back and looked it up? Like like you said, the fact that you, you can get arrested as a teenager and then and that know, whole the whole your whole history yeah. gets expunged. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then the Twitter comes back to get you. It's like doesn't make any sense. We're holding dude. people to a higher standard for what they tweet than what they actually do in terms of actions. You can rob someone at 16 and get arrested for it and go to juvenile and serve some sort of punishment for that crime. And when you are 18, no one will ever be able to find out about that as long as you have been good since, right? They will expunge your history of arrest as a juvenile. Yet you can be held accountable for a tweet that you sent that same year I don't understand how anybody out there can see, like if we're going to make the decision that the far more serious act, i.e. The, cr- the crime, is expungible, how in the world can you justify holding somebody accountable for a tweet? Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? 
Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be uh, for everybody out there, we're about to go to the Outkick jury. Uh, Jeff Schwartz will join us at the bottom of the hour. By the way, John Elway, top of hour three. And then we will also talk with my guy Chad Withrow. So we got a loaded uh, elements of story here. But I am fired up over this story, this controversy that has come out of Iowa. If you're just waking up, a uh, kid shows up at the college game day game between Iowa and Iowa State, holds up a sign requesting beer money, and that sign goes viral. He has now raised millions of dollars. I believe it's over $2 million total uh, for a children's hospital in Iowa. The Des Moines Register, a local newspaper in Iowa, is prepared to write a story about this kid, Carson King. He's now 24 years old. As they are preparing to write the story, one of their reporters, for some reason, decides to go back through all of his social media history and they find from seven years ago, when he was 16 years old, when he was a sophomore, high school, whatever, that he has sent two tweets that they deem to be offensive. They write about it. He has to hold a press conference discussing those tweets that he sent when he was 16. Anheuser-Busch disassociates him. A beer company decides that a 16-year-old's tweets are so egregious that they can no longer help him raise millions of dollars for a children's hospital, which is an insanely stupid decision. And it turns out that the reporter who was doing the investigation of this uh, this guy who's raised millions of dollars now for a children's hospital based on a college game day uh, a sign that he held up is actually uh, way more, has way more inappropriate tweets in his own background and now the Des Moines Register is in an uproar over the way that they handled this story. So my question for you is pretty straightforward. Are we getting it wrong? And is the media in particular getting it wrong when they go through kids' tweets from before they were adults 
and turns them into stories like is happening here with a seven-year-old tweets from when a kid was 16. This has been a story that's happening over and over and over again. My contention is if our position as adults in society is we wipe out all minors when they have arrest records, how in the world are we applying the standard of every tweet that you sent is perpetually worthy of being a story even if you're relatively a minor guy like this person is, as soon as you do something good, somebody's going to go through your past history and find something negative about you. Did the Des Moines Register get it wrong? Do you agree with me? Disagree? Outkick jury on the, on the hunt here. Dub, let's roll through them quick. All right, we got Alan in Iowa. Alan, what do you think about this story? Oh, I'm so fired up. <laughs> I'm so angry with this. So, yeah, I'm, they're, they're, we're definitely getting it wrong as a society. The, the reason, if Anheuser-Busch would just say, you know, just, them backing out actually is the reason I think as a society we keep going this way. Yeah. I don't understand why they would do that. All they had to do was say, you know what, he was 16, not a big deal. Uh, Move on. I, 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 amen. I'm so upset. I'm fired up too. Thanks for the call. I know it's a big story in Iowa right now. Yeah, companies are not helping the cancel culture. If a company just said, you know what, uh, we wish he had not sent those tweets when he was 16, but he raised millions of dollars for a children's hospital. So if we're putting this on the equity scale, if we're putting it on the scales of justice, yeah, when he was 16, he said some dumb things online, but now he's 24 and he just raised millions of dollars for a children's hospital. We're going to stick with this kid. If you were putting that on the scales of justice, every single parent out there, if you're like, okay, negative, when your kid is 16, he's going to send two inappropriate tweets. Positive. When he's 24, he's going to raise millions of dollars for a children's hospital. Is there any parent out there who wouldn't sign up for that? On the scales of justice, I think raising millions of dollars for a charity hospital rates a little bit higher than sending two tweets when you were 16 years old that some people find to be inappropriate and offensive. I don't know that there's a single parent out there right now who, given that option between those two, would not say, okay, totality of circumstances, I'm okay with that because the end result's going to be a positive place. Who's up next, Dub? We got Eric in California. Eric, what do you think about this? Yeah, uh, the whole thing with this uh, Twitter post, going back to Twitter posts that are years and years old, it's uh, 1984 coming true. It's like the thought police. Yeah. Uh, same thing when you have conversations within small circles, you know, you say something that, that offends somebody, then they'll leak it out to the media, and now your conversation is destroyed. Now your rep- reputation is destroyed because of a, a private conversation. Thanks for the call. Ridiculous. It, it is like 1984. And here's the thing. People change. Like, the, the natural decision to hold somebody accountable for something that they said when they were 16 presumes that that opinion is still valid at 24 or 34, or 44, or whatever age you want to apply it. Societal standards of what's acceptable speech evolves too. I guarantee you, if you are around my age, you probably either yourself or your friends used gay slurs when you were in junior high, and maybe high school too. Now, that would not be considered appropriate. But the standards of behavior change. And so are you going to hold somebody perpetually accountable for what they said in 1994 when the standards for speech in 1994 are different than they were in 2019? 
And this all goes to a larger scale of why do we judge people based on one thing that they said? I say millions of words a week. Certainly a month, if not a week. I'm so far have not said anything that's gotten us in really hot water on this radio show. But it might happen if I continue to do this show for another 20 years that at some point in 25 years, I'm going to say something that's going to get people upset who don't listen to this show or maybe even some of you are going to get upset about something that I say. Would you think it makes sense to judge me based on one paragraph or one minute of a show when I do three hours every day? Or in most of real life, would you judge someone based on the totality of their behavior, not the worst moment of their career? I just, again, I think we're getting so much of this wrong. And I think so many of you, regardless of your backgrounds, regardless of your politics, regardless of who you root for, you have that same feeling that I do that this cancel culture is just wrong. Who's up next? We got Catfish Jake in Nashville. Catfish Jake, what's up, my man? Clay, what's up, buddy? I got two two unique perspectives on this. A, I've got a daughter that's a freshman at UT Martin, and trying to get trying to get them to understand that something you feel like is innocuous and won't ever come of anything can yeah. affect you later on in the world blows their mind. And B, the it's kind of like what, uh, the catfish shake thing. Everybody knows what I did. It was stupid. It was funny. And then Peta comes after me about throwing a, a catfish on the ice and all that to the point where. There was a Preds game in Bridgestone this past year where I threw a catfish and I was taken out of Bridgestone and told by someone with the Preds, hey, we're really trying to move away from this tradition uh, based on pressure they were getting from PETA. It's like, this this is absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, Clay, we're the same age. I grew up in the Old Nations in West Nashville. Yeah. One of the most popular games we played when we were kids was uh, a football game where you Spear threw the ball the in the air and it was called... Smear the Queer. Yeah, I think we can say it. Like, I mean, you can say queer yeah. uh, on the radio. But yeah, like we played a game called every... I, I think, thanks for the call, I think almost every single person who's around my age, if you played elementary school in the backyard, you played a game called Smear the Queer. Right, like you'd throw the football, and whoever got the ball, everybody would tackle him. Not even thinking about the language at the time as being inappropriate, not even knowing what queer meant. Right, it was just a common colloquial phrase. I think almost every single person who is around my age, I'm 40. I bet if you are around the age of between what 30 and 45 or 50 or whatever it is, you played that game. Now it would be totally different. Like, and, and sometimes this is a little bit ridiculous, right? Like when I was in school. We were told to sit Indian style. Do you know what they tell kids now? You sit crisscross applesauce. If you went in and you said, hey, everybody needs to sit Indian style now, people are like, oh my God, you said Indian style, right? But when I was a kid, when I'm in a kindergarten, every single person, every single teacher, regardless of their background or anything else, would say, hey, everybody gather around, we need to sit Indian style. Now you know what they say? Crisscross applesauce. Words change. They evolve. Your understanding of how you use words can change and evolve. And requiring that everybody be perpetually held by uh, to the standard by which they sent pre- prior tweets is, I mean, it, it really is a thought police era. It's a cancel culture era that we live in. Uh, who's up next? We got Tommy in Florida. Tommy, what's up? Hey, man, great show. First of all, um, this can be fixed every other uh, first Tuesday of November when you vote. We all know which party is responsible for the PC culture. Well, hold on. Let me, let, me pause. Mostly- let me pause here for a second. Just say this. It's cyclical. I understand right now that the left wing of this country is out there policing speech, but it wasn't very long ago. 
after 9-11 that Bill Maher got fired, people may remember this, uh, for saying you can say a lot of bad things about the 9-11 terrorist, but you can't call them cowards, right? And his point was, if I'm, and I'm just roughly approximating, was it isn't cowardly to be willing to die for what you believe in. That was his opinion, right? He went on and he said it, but people were so angry about 9-11 that he lost his job on ABC because of that statement. So, very often, the way that our speech patterns work is it's cyclical. Right now, the left wing in this country is policing speech far more aggressively than the right wing. But that's not to say that in 25 years, we might not live to be the point where it's the opposite, right? And it used to be that the left wing in this country was the people who were defending George Carlin. You know, like, oh, his his speech is so funny. Now the left wing in the country is offended by Dave Chappelle, and the right wing in this country is like, yeah, he should be able to make these jokes, right? Like, that's what comedy is. So I don't, I, I understand your point, and I understand it right now, but I would just point out that who is defending speech is a cyclical thing, and that's why I got in trouble, remember, for saying I'm a First Amendment and boobs guy. And the truth of the matter is that, uh, that you know, like I, I worked in democratic politics and that wouldn't have been a controversial thing to say when I was working on Al Gore's presidential campaign in 2000. And evidently it's controversial to say because Donald Trump's president now. So I didn't want to cut you off, but I do think it's cyclical. Oh, no. And, and, and I, you definitely make a great point. And, and my point is, is that in 20 years, I may be calling back this show saying it, this can be fixed on the, on the first uh, November, uh, first Tuesday of November about the conservative or Republican side, because I'd be like, well, they're going the other way. Yep. The other question I have for you is, are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? Get off. <laughs> you, yourself. I mean, I, I mean, why don't, I mean, I, I hear these people, you know, you watch a show and they're complaining, like just to use a go back to politics, Tucker Carlson, I watch his show. He's always complaining about Google and Facebook. And, and then at the bottom of the screen is, reach me at Tucker Carlson <laughs> yeah. at whatever. Yeah, I'm just yeah. going, you're part of the problem too, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. And I think about this a lot. Uh, I think it's a necessary evil for what I do. I'm in the opinion business. I need to communicate and uh, with my audience. And yes, uh, is there a lot of negativity out there? Yes. Could I get myself in trouble uh, for things that I say on Twitter or this radio show or television? Certainly. Um, but I think I'm in a battle. I really do for uh, the hearts and minds of American intellect. And I think people are of the opinion that we're getting it wrong when they see a story like this in Iowa happen. And I think I have a platform to help to change things in a positive way. And so that's the reason why I'm active and why I fight battles like these, because I don't want it to be your 16-year-old that does something great and raises millions of dollars for charity, and then something comes out that they sent when they were 16, and suddenly they're having to have a press conference and apologize. I think we're getting it wrong. All right, when we come back, Jeff Schwartz will join us. We'll continue to unpack this. Stay on with us if you're phone callers. We'll try to get to you as well. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Good stuff as always. Okay, let's take a couple more calls here. Um, Who we got, Dub? All right, we got Rams fan Ralph on line five. Ralph, what you got for me? Hey, Clay, I just want to say you're absolutely right. I mean, I've been out to Brandon, Iowa and Cedar Rapids. It's such a great fan base, and such a positive is turned into a negative by this knucklehead. I've never been on social media in my life, and I never will. It affects everybody, even the president. It makes no sense to me why you would set yourself up for this. 
The only people that get in touch with me are my family, my employer, and my friends. Yeah. And I just want to give another shout-out to Fox Sports Radio. I listen for 11 hours a day, and I had an opportunity to sit in on the huddle, and I just wanted to give Brady Rich and Arnie a shout-out and thank her for the opportunity. And the only people that can get, get in touch with me are them and Brady, my wife, my family, and my friends. Learn Thanks. the lesson, guys. Thanks for you, the call. Stay yeah. off social media. I, I got to give credit to Don Martin and Scott Shapiro, who have put together the best national sports talk radio network across the board that's ever existed. And I don't think that's hyperbole. Who's up next? All right, last one here. We got Eddie in Texas. Eddie, what you got for me? Hey, good morning. Let's make a quick comment about I, I totally agree this is, thing has gone crazy. I've been in education 40 years, and back to sophomores in high school, I dealt with a lot of them, athletes, science class. They can't find their butt with both hands. <laughs> and for uh, what they – it's still sophomore humor. And what they put in Twitter at 16 years of age is like a kid my, when I grew up putting something in a diary. You, you don't know what you're doing and talking, and to hold somebody accountable for that, this really chaps my butt. And, and uh, you know what? Anheuser-Busch – is like all other companies, and I'm going to say it about Fox, too. In this day and age, all this stuff is about one thing, the almighty buck. And if Anheuser-Busch didn't think it was going to affect their beer sales, then they wouldn't have been uh, doing what they're doing, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, thanks for the call. I think they're wrong. That would be my argument. Anheuser-Busch pulling their relationship here. Um, I-, I think that companies have gotten so afraid of anybody tweeting a negative word to them that they drastically overreact to every social media scandal, which ironically makes social media scandals, and I put that word in quotation marks, more common. Who out there is going to not buy Anheuser-Busch because they've helped raise millions of dollars for a children's hospital through a college game day sign because a guy when he was 16 had a couple of offensive tweets? I don't believe there's a single person on the planet that would change their beer purchase based on that. I think it's more likely that people are not going to drink Anheuser-Busch because they're knuckleheads and they made a stupid decision to disassociate from this kid who's raised millions of dollars because of something he did when he was 16. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts? You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their general tires test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we're set to be joined here momentarily by John Elway of the Denver Broncos. Probably like to watch him play as much as I did back in the day and probably enjoy uh, seeing how he's going to do uh, running the Broncos organization as well now. Um, but he is scheduled to join us here momentarily. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to be joined by Chad Withrow, my buddy, a little bit later. We've had a loaded show. Great feedback, great interaction with you guys. Uh, encourage you to download the podcast. Make sure you haven't missed anything at all. By the way, Jeff Schwartz, who usually joins us in hour two on Wednesday, will actually join us an hour to tomorrow, just FYI, a little bit of housekeeping there, uh, and we should have a uh, a great deal of fun, as we always do, from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. Is John Elway ready to go? Joined now by John Elway, legendary Denver Broncos quarterback and now an executive with the Denver Broncos. 
Uh, John, first of all, thanks for joining us, getting up early with us this morning. Second, how much do you enjoy, as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, watching Patrick Mahomes play quarterback? I know he's not on your team, but a part of you has to watch him and just think, my God, it's fun to watch somebody be this good at what I was so good at as well. Well, the bad thing is he's in our division, yeah, I too, know. which makes it even harder. But, uh, you know, I tell you what, he's a treat for the NFL and, and uh, you know, is a young talent that's going continue, to continue to get better and better. And the people that they have around them can really spread the field. So it's, uh, it's a treat for uh, all NFL football fans to, to really enjoy because he's, uh, he's a special talent. Do you wish on some level that you were 22 years old entering the league right now with the way quarterbacks are protected and the talents and skill sets that you had? Do you ever sit and watch games and think, my God, I would love to be 22 years old right now entering this league? You know, I do at times. I think it, I was very lucky to play when I played and played for the Broncos for a long, long time. So very fortunate to play when I did. But I think when you look at, uh, you know, you look at the offenses now and, as you said, the way they're protecting the quarterback and – you know, it's a different league now. It's really gone to throwing the football a lot, spreading the field, and getting guys in space. So it's a different football game, and it's, it's, a, it's a game that, as a quarterback, uh, everybody's got to love. When you saw Andrew Luck retire, was there any point, I'm curious, the hits that you took and the way that you guys played back in the day, was there ever a point where you thought you were done before you ended up winning your Super Bowls, where you were so close to hanging it up just because of the physical toll that the game had taken on you? You know, not really. I think that, uh, you know, you always go through those times when you're, you know, you're going through tough times and having tough seasons. I think you always think about that. But I, I never got to that, that, that part, that point. Um, the one thing I did is, um, you know, when I did retire at 38, one of the reasons why is because my body didn't heal nearly as quickly as it used to. And so uh, that's why I decided, one of the reasons why I decided to retire, because it wasn't as fun. And if you're banged up all the time, it's, a, it's hard enough when you're healthy that when you get banged up, like, uh, you know, Andrew was really beat up, that, uh, you know, I'm sure it took its toll. When you brought a Super Bowl to Denver as an executive, how did that feeling compare to winning one as a quarterback? You know, as a quarterback, I think it's something, it's a, it's a goal your whole life, and it, you really feel like it's, a, it's an accomplishment because you're in the middle of it. You touch the football every time as a quarterback. You know, as an executive, as a GM, I think it's more satisfaction in the fact that you're able to find the right guys in the right spots and put it all together and get everybody working on the same page, which, you know, as it, to me, is, it's more difficult than playing because you lose control once you get everybody there. So, um, I, you know, obviously very lucky to win both, but uh, both sides, but uh, both of them very different. You uh, have obviously won a couple of Super Bowls as a player, but you recruited Peyton Manning, and that led to a tremendous amount of success for the Denver Broncos organization. I don't know that I've ever heard. How did you become aware that he was going to choose the Broncos and come play for you? Well, I actually called him. I think that, uh, you know, he, when he was released by the Colts, he took kind of a tour and went to three or four different teams. I think he went to Arizona, he went to Tennessee. And so, you know, we we're just kind of waiting. He said he was going to make a decision. So we're all kind of waiting on a phone call. And, and uh, he called me last and said that, uh, you know, he's having a tough day, but, uh, you know, he's just making calls to everybody and that, this was his last call, and that, was, that meant it was a good thing. So the good thing was we, the last call was he told us he was going to come play in Denver. So we were lucky to have him. So what's your reaction when he says, I'm coming to play for Denver? Are you on a cell phone? Are you, like, where were you? And, what, like, are you pumping your fist like Jonah Hill and Moneyball? Like, what's, what's the reaction? Oh, yeah. then? You know, I think I, I'm not sure I jumped up and down, but, uh, you know, it was quite the reaction. I think I was in my office, and so, you know, we're all thrilled to know that uh, the Peyton was going to come and, you know, obviously finished his career the right way with a couple of Super Bowls with us and actually walking away with a Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl 50. So 
really a treat to have him um, you know, in the organization and watch him play. How much do you watch college football now? You're an executive, and obviously you drafted Drew Locke. You've got Joe Flacco now as your quarterback. Do you keep an eye on all the younger guys in college football right now, or are you so busy with your NFL executive responsibilities that unless it's draft season, you're not necessarily sitting around and watching somebody like Tua Tagovailoa or Joe Burrow or a lot of the other guys out there, Justin Herbert, that people say, oh, these are going to be great NFL quarterbacks. Do you watch them? Are you a college football fan? Oh yeah, yeah. We watch them a lot, especially right now. Once we get, you know, once we get through the start in the season, we get down to the fifty-three man roster. You know, other than roster tweaks on Monday and Tuesday, we're really on to on to college football, and so it's a big part of what we do right now and getting ready for the off season when we go through the draft. But uh, we spend a lot of time watching college football right now, and so it's fun to watch because there are a lot of good football players in there now. Tom Brady tweeted recently that there have been so many penalties called during, I think it was during the Jacksonville game against the Titans, that he almost had it difficult to watch. And I know you guys have had, uh, with the quarterback hit that you had that may have cost you a game, which didn't look like a roughing the passer penalty. Uh, Did you think that the start of this season there were too many flags being called? I know you've had a lot of calls uh, on your offensive line as well. Were they over-refereeing the game in your mind? Well, it seems to start that way every year, and the fact that they kind of make an emphasis, especially in in, uh, preseason, they make an emphasis on different things that they want, um, you know, that they're going to emphasize during the year. So that happens usually in the preseason. I think it's carried on into the regular season, and I think everybody has to adjust. The referees have to adjust, but also the players have to adjust, too, and realize what they can and can't do. And so, um, you know, there's a little bit of adjustment period. Hopefully, as we go along, there's less flags, because... The game's a lot more fun to watch when there's not as many penalties. If you had gotten hit like Bradley Chubb got hit uh, hit, uh, hit um, in the, the game against Mitchell Trubisky and you had gotten a uh, roughing the passer penalty in the games that you were playing, what would you have thought when you went back and watched that on film? Well, I mean, I think that those are always, whether they're for you or against you, they're always, you know, uh, obviously when they're against you, a little bit more painful. But I think it's when you look at the game, you really want, you, you, you want correct calls in the game, not not poor calls, and I think that, uh, you know, that was a poor call. The league admitted that was a poor call. But, you know, the, the, the referees are humans, too, and they're going to make mistakes. Unfortunately, they made a big one right there against us. But, you know, again, you know, hopefully that just can, continues to get better as, as the year goes on, and, and uh, it's uh, enjoyable to watch. All right, you are with us right now to talk about a, uh, a serious issue uh, that you have that I think a lot of people are not very familiar with and you're helping to raise awareness for. And let me give the website, factsonhand.com. But tell me what I should know, what people in our audience should know about the medical issue that, uh, that you have and found out that you had that a lot of people may not be very familiar. It's Dupatrin's, I believe. It's called Dupatrin's contraction. It's really something that, uh, you know, we're raising awareness for, and it's amazing we've been doing this. We've had this campaign going now for three or four months, and it's amazing the amount of people that have come up to me and, and asked me about it, thinking that uh, not knowing what it was, it's not, there's, there's no cure to it. And, and uh, you know, the, but what, we, what we're spreading is and getting the word out is there are non-surgical treatments for, for Dupatrins. It's also called Viking's disease, where your, your fingers start to contract. A lot of people may think it's arthritis or whatnot. So we're just spreading the word on it. We're telling everybody to, to go to factsonhand.com and check out the website as well as, you know, if you think that uh, it's something, a symptom, you may have a symptom, then you can go to and talk to your hand specialist and, and uh, see if it's something that they can take care of because there are now non-surgical treatments, which is which much easier now than it has been in the past. 
I know your team's 0-3. Last question for you. How would you assess Joe Flacco's performance and the start of the season so far as you're concerned as an executive looking at your team? You know, I think that, uh, you know, he's done a nice job. Obviously, being 0-3, a lot of it goes to the quarterback, and so he has to play better. Uh, but I think he's done a nice job. There's been a lot of, with a new staff and, and, you know, everybody getting used to everybody, what we're doing on the offensive staff and defensive staff. I think I'm, I'm thrilled with Vic Fangio. I think he's going to have a bright future ahead. We just have to play. We don't have to play harder. We've got to play better. What do you think of Gardner Minshew's mustache? that a look ever you went with? <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's uh, what he's done, and, and, you know, it's a little bit of a cold falling, which is fun to watch. No doubt, indeed. I know you got a lot of people to talk to. John Elway, I appreciate you coming on. Great stuff, as always. Thank you. Good talking to you. That's John Elway, uh, legendary Denver Bronco uh, star. I mean, that's great. I, I do think it's funny that he has to play. Can you imagine what he would be capable of in today's NFL? I, I think that the numbers he would post, I think there are a few guys you go and look at that were great in their era, right? There's no doubt that John Elway is one of the most legendary quarterbacks of all time. But imagine what he would be capable of in this era right now. I just think that it would be off the charts. I think he would be Patrick Mahomes-like in his ability to stretch the field and his ability to throw the ball all over the place. And it's funny, and he kind of hinted at it there at the beginning. Like, yeah, it's kind of fun to watch Patrick Mahomes, but it kind of sucks that he's in our division. Uh, But I know that as a quarterback, he has to watch Mahomes and just think, man, that could have been me. If I were 22 today, I would be Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think we've got Chad Withrow scheduled to come on now. Can we go ahead and get a call in to Withrow, Danny G? Um, in the meantime, uh, unpacking that uh, that John Elway interview there, um, I, I thought it was interesting. He says he's watching the quarterbacks. Now, I didn't push him on, like, who do you like the best? Is two of the best? Is uh, Justin Herbert? Uh, are you a Trevor Lawrence guy? But I do think it's interesting, he said, once you get the 53-man roster kind of plugged in, that he's watching a lot of college football because I know he's got Drew Locke, who he drafted in the second round, out of Missouri, who I actually think has a lot of potential. And he was diplomatic there about Joe Flacco and how exactly things are going with Joe Flacco so far. But I definitely think he has to be looking beyond Joe Flacco. We'll see what happens against the Jags. I believe the Jags are coming to town. And essentially, what's a must-win game for the Broncos, having started 0-3. But I am intrigued whether the Broncos, if they continue to have some lack of success, Elway hasn't been able to get a quarterback other than when he had uh, Peyton Manning come in to take over for Tim Tebow. He hasn't been able to develop his own quarterback. And I know he's looking for part two with with Joe Flacco, this idea that he can bring in Flacco and resurrect his career or lead him to championship glory again. But I'm curious how many years that commitment really is for the Broncos to Joe Flacco. Bring in my buddy uh, Chad Withrow. Can you think, Withrow, we just had John Elway on, so that's why you're getting on a little bit later here. So you got bumped down a few minutes for John Elway, which I'd imagine you totally get. Can you think of a quarterback better than Elway that you would like to be able to clone and bring back to today's NFL at the age of 22? Because I think he would be Patrick Mahomes-like in terms of his abilities on the field in this current era. I'm not sure you could do better than Elway as a guy that you would want. Like if you could go back in time and take him suddenly out of Stanford, except now it's 2019 and he's 22 years old. Can you think of somebody better than Elway? Um, first off, I don't know why you're having me on at all after John Elway. <laughs> so I appreciate you sticking with it. I, I, I'm a little bit embarrassed that I'm even following uh, the great John Elway. No, I, I can't think of anyone better. Two examples that pop in mind, though. 
Like if you could plop them right now in 2019 and they're in the draft, they would be a very intriguing quarterback prospect now. Not that they weren't also back in the day. Randall Cunningham. Oh, that would be fun. Uh, and here's the other one that I think because of you see Kyler Murray in more unconventional styles in the NFL. How about Steve Young? Yeah, that's as, the one as I was thinking of, too. a lefty who can run, um, I think would be interesting in today's offenses just what he could do in, in the NFL. I mean, Steve Young was sort of forced, and he could do it and did it very well. He's a Hall of Famer. But he was kind of forced into that uh, 49ers pro-style you know, uh, West Coast offense. I think in today's game, they're probably designing an offense around Steve Young uh, where he can do some more things. So those would be two I'd love to see play today. Randall Cunningham's a great one. Can you imagine Randall Cunningham and the run-pass option set up where he can get on the corner? And I think certainly Elway and and Young would have been able to do the same kind of things. But those are three guys. That's a good trio that if they were 22 today, the amount of success they could have would probably be off the charts. Not that they weren't successful when they played back then, but I think their skill set is even more well-suited to today's NFL and today's college game, frankly, than it was back when they played. Well, and think about those guys in college even. I mean, Randall Cunningham played at UNLV. Uh, you know, just Steve Young played at BYU. Um, but, but think of Randall Cunningham in Oklahoma, for instance, under Lincoln Riley. Yeah. You know, if, if you just had the, the, all these modern offenses out there and how they've changed, the, you go back in time. You know, I think of Andre Ware at Houston. Well, Andre Ware went to Houston because they were throwing the ball 50 times a game. Well, now there's a lot of places that throw the ball 50 times a game. So where would Andre Ware end up? It's always fascinating now to look back at quarterbacks over time and then think, okay, where would those guys play today? And then how would that look? I think that's a fun hypothetical game to play. All right. uh, I don't know if you've seen this story out of Iowa. Uh, The kid holds up the sign, and he raises millions of dollars for a children's hospital in Iowa. The Des Moines Register has a reporter who goes back through this kid's uh, tweets, finds something that he said, a couple of things that were inappropriate when he was 16 years old, turns into a huge story, and he has to have a press conference. He has to apologize. Anheuser-Busch cuts all ties with him because of these tweets that he sent out when he was 16 uh, back in 2012. Is this just the not the perfect example of how we're getting things wrong in today's society when it comes to social media? I mean, do you also find it crazy that 16-year-old kids are being held accountable as adults uh, for things that they said when they wouldn't even necessarily be held accountable if they had gone in juvenile, uh, if they had been arrested for crimes? I mean, we're getting things wrong here, right? Uh, we're absolutely getting things wrong. And I, I do think, though, that this could be a slight turning point because – how much acclaim have you heard for the Des Moines Register in this decision? Zero. I mean, this has been crushed. And the fact that they that people went back and found old offensive tweets of the writer of the story yeah, the reporter. is just is just sweet, sweet justice. Because, I mean, we all know what they say about Glass House. But it, to me, this could – if I hear Des Moines Register ever again, I'm thinking about this story, and I'm thinking about them in a negative light. And I can't be alone in that. So, to me, this could equal a turning point where we've just gone so far beyond the pale of what should be acceptable in terms of going back in the past and looking through things, a 16-year-old kid, someone who's not even a celebrity. I think that this could start to equal a turning point with stories like this. And, I'm, and Clay, I've, you know, I've got, I've got two kids. You've got three kids. I'm to the point now where I'm not going to allow my kids to be on social media until they're 18. <laughs> I, see no, I see no gain of it. I, I, I'm completely serious once they're 18 if they want to go to college and get on instagram or whatever that's fine 
But I'm to the point now where I, I fear anything that they tweet or post is going to be used against them at some point. If they, if they reach any level of fame or they end up with a good job one day, I feel like they're going to go back and see something that hasn't been deleted, and then suddenly there's going to be an issue. That, that, that's how strongly I feel My that oldest, this social media thing has gone crazy. I, I agree. My oldest is 11. He'll turn 12 in uh, January. He's in the sixth grade. I had to sit down with him. Uh, because I don't, I'm with you. I don't allow him to have social media accounts, uh, but he does have access to an iPad, and he'll occasionally send text to his friends who also have iPads or whatever. I don't know how all that technology works, but he doesn't have a phone. You know, it's not like he's walking around with a phone. He doesn't have an Instagram or a Twitter or a Facebook account. He knows me as dad, right? Like he doesn't listen to my radio show. He's not paying attention to what I write. He's like, whatever. Like I just have a job, like a lot of other people have a job. I said, look, I can't believe I had to have this conversation. I said, some people don't like me. Right, like you, you may find this crazy. You may Daddy's find this very, crazy. Daddy's very famous, by the way. I just want you to know that. Dad, Dad has a job where he's in the public. I mean, he understands because he sees me on television every now and then. I said, "Look, this is a little bit different experience for you than it might be for your average kid." Uh, but I have a job where people pay attention to things that I say, and some people don't like me. And this is not fair for you because you're going to be held to a totally different standard than your average twelve-year-old. But if you send out tweets one day because you have a Twitter account or you put things on Instagram that offend people, they are going to they're going to be people who are coming after you for nothing that you've ever done other than be my son. Right. And I can't believe that I had to have that conversation with him at 11 years old. I mean, but that's where we are as a society that I'm already thinking like I'm perfectly willing to take the heat for whatever people don't like or don't like about me. Like that's a choice that I have made in my life but my 11 year old having to sit down and talk with him and say hey if you send out a tweet when you're 14 that people decide is inappropriate there are probably people out there who hate me enough that they will go through your entire twitter profile and try to find something that you did that's inappropriate and i just i mean i just regardless of who you whose kid you are i find the idea that we are judging any kids on pre-18 year old activities and even worse, judging them eight or nine years later, right? Like, so you're 25 now. Oh, my God, when you were 14, you tweeted this. Like, we're getting it wrong as a society that we have made this decision. And I think it goes to the fact that social media just kind of landed suddenly like a bombshell in society. And most things, we have time to figure out how they work because adults control them, right? Like, let me give you an example. Television suddenly lands like a bombshell. Radio lands like a bombshell. There are smart people who are in charge of companies that are based in television and radio that figure out what the rules are and what the rules should be for how that medium is going to be existing. And like your average person couldn't just get a random television show, right? Nowadays with social media, everybody is their own product, right? Like you're your own ability to reach instantaneously everyone. Like in order to get a radio show back in the 1940s, you had to bust your ass to be able to prove that you're trustworthy enough to get on the radio. Same thing is true with television. Now everybody can broadcast immediately to everyone. Everybody is almost equally famous, to put famous in quotation marks. Everybody almost equally is a public figure. And we have no like set rules that we have put in place to try to govern this new social media era. And I think we're just making it up as we go along and getting a lot wrong. Yeah, Howard Stern talks about that a lot, you know, about his career. and He always makes fun of uh, podcasters and, and people like that because he, he asked them, what did you do to get on air? 
Yeah. You know, his, his old, old school way of thinking was, you know, he started a small radio station and, and he developed an audience and he proved that he was trustworthy. And then he eventually became Howard Stern. And, and he doesn't like how you could just pop yourself on air today. And you're dead on right, Clay. I mean, social media, that's exactly what it is. Everyone is out there. I'm also interested in this, this idea of, of safe spaces. You know, that we started talking about, what, two or three years ago? Yeah. Certainly Twitter is not a safe space. But one area that always was a safe space was comedy. Yeah. I know this kid in Iowa was quoting Tosh.0 or referencing that in some way. You saw the cast member of SNL didn't even make it to one show because he, he said some offensive jokes on a podcast. Um, Dave Chappelle seems to be, you know, even though he takes heat for things, sort of foolproof with, with this. Um, but in so many ways, comedy, I think, has bro- broken down racial barriers over time, as we've seen. And now it's comedy that's also being attacked as something where you can't push the envelope yeah. in terms of what you're joking about. And, and to me, that's, that's a really sad thing also. Because if we can't talk about these things comedically and laugh about some of them, I mean, how are we ever going to have these discussions in America in, in 2019? Which just, it, it baffles me, sort of where we are now. Again, we're talking about a story where a noted publication in a paper published tweets for a guy who's 25 years old who had a sign about free beer at a football game, and he turned that into hundreds of thousands of Millions. Dollars. Millions of dollars, excuse me, millions of dollars for a children's hospital, and we've got some loser writer combing through tweets when he was 16. And, and it becomes a story, and it also, it, it, the whole thing just, it, it's, look, we could sit there and talk about it for the rest of the show. It, it infuriates me, and I, I'm hoping this is the start of a turning point with these stories because I'm not seeing any support for the Des Moines Register uh, with this story. I, I really have not seen... Even if people somewhat back it, they're not talking about it. Yeah, so I, I, I think, think that's a good sign. I think there's starting to be a pushback against the idea of cancel culture, right? And, and what's amazing about that, you referenced comedians. It used to be, like if you think about the baby boomer generation, the people who were out there arguing for most fervently for First Amendment support were like college kids, right? Uh, the, the, yep. the, like if you were Woodstock, we had the 50th anniversary of – the idea that the people who were showing up for free love at Woodstock, like the hippies, the young generation at that time, would have been opposed to the jokes that comedians are making and policing them to see whether or not they're appropriate would have been fundamentally ridiculous to them. Like, they were free love. They were supporting, like, radical music at the time. They were wearing their hair long. Like, they were totally embracing the full scope of the human experience oftentimes in a way that was frustrating to their elders now what is fascinating to me is these college kids who are 50 years later they're like oh no no we can't be allowed to hear that joke because it might offend somebody it's like they're the new puritans and it's wild to me because it used to be that liberalism was about defending like the george carlins of the world and their ability to go out, the Richard Pryors of the world, even the Eddie Murphys of the world, and now these same people, it's a big circle because now they're coming after Dave Chappelle or Kevin Hart, and they're saying, no, 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 you can't make that joke. And I, I just, I hope, I hope that we are starting to fight back against the cancel, cancel culture, but this game day story that leads to millions of dollars being raised for a children's hospital, and then we go back and find out this guy sent two tweets I mean, come on. Really? Is this the world that we live in? I just think we're getting it so wrong. 
Clay, can you imagine if you told someone who went to Woodstock 50 years ago, and they're sitting there listening to The Who, and you told them that their kids and maybe even grandkids one day would lead a movement to get someone fired for a joke that they made in a, in a podcast one day. They wouldn't even know what a podcast is. But, but how would those people feel? I mean, these were the people that were against Richard Nixon and censorship and things like that. And now a generation, two generations later, it, it's, it's flip-flopped in terms of what's acceptable. It, it, it is fascinating to me kind of where we are, but again, I, I'm with you. I, when I look at the response, to me what's, what warms my heart about this story is the fact that the Des Moines Register is getting absolutely destroyed by everyone, and this writer is getting destroyed by everyone. I think that's a good sign that the cancel culture will eventually stop. Fingers crossed. Good stuff as always. Chad Withrow, we'll talk to you next week. All right. See you guys. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying, flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? 
Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Jalen Ramsey, by the way, evidently is going to be back at the uh, facility for the Jacksonville Jaguars today. I guess that means he's over his illness. Do we <laughs> think uh, the reports are that he may not play? We were just talking with John Elway earlier in this hour. Uh, the Jags traveling out to Denver to Mile High Stadium to play against the Broncos. Don't think he's going to play, but this is a weird story at this point, right? Like, how in the world does this get resolved other than the Jags trading him? If the reports are that he's not going to play now Sunday, that has to mean that they're going to trade him this week, right? I told you this last week, Clay. They do not want him leaving their team. I get it. I mean, he is, If in all honesty, if you're making like a uh, who is the greatest Jacksonville Jaguar of all time, I think these are the five greatest, and it shames me how much knowledge I have of the Jacksonville Jaguar franchise that I could just do this off the top of my head. In no particular order, Tony Baselli, Mark Brunel, Maurice Jones-Drew, Fred Taylor, Jalen Ramsey. Those are the five greatest Jacksonville Jaguars of all time. Given that those are the five greatest, I think there's an argument, I mean a legitimate argument even, that Jalen Ramsey is the best Jacksonville Jaguar player of all time. So to be forced to trade maybe the greatest player in your franchise's history is awkward. It's also particularly bad if you are a guy like Tom Coughlin, who is very much a you know follow orders, a lineup. I mean, he kind of runs his team like he's a Marine. This has got to drive him absolutely bonkers. Yeah, one of the reports I read was that Ramsey was turned off by a comment that somebody in the front office made. So at this point, if you're the owner, don't you sit him down and just make things right and clear things up because you don't want to trade your best player. Whether he's unhappy or not, you have to fix this if you're the Jags owner. Oh, not only that, you also don't want to set the precedent of if you're the Jags, if a player gets upset at something that we say or do while coaching or managing him 
that he can just decide unilaterally, I don't want to play here anymore, and we follow his lead and decide to trade him. Yep. I, I think that's a dangerous precedent to set, and I think you have to contemplate that if you are the Jags right now. But I don't know what you do. I mean, if the guy's calling in sick and not showing up at your facility, and reports are that he's going to be at the facility today, but I don't know, do you play him on Sunday again? Like, when is the trade deadline officially? Because obviously that has to be decided at some point in time. But it's a messy, messy uh, situation for the Jags to try to figure out exactly what to do with Jalen Ramsey. And he could, uh, you know, take this to another level and simply stop showing up. And I don't know that there's a lot of precedence for how to deal with this story at all. Because there are guys, Trent Williams, Melvin Gordon right now, with the Redskins and with the Chargers on different sides of the country, that have not shown up to work. And that happens every now and then in a holdout situation. But I can't remember a guy who has played in the first three games and basically decided that that, that there was not going to be anybody playing there at all right like the whole thing is is weird like I have to be traded at this exact moment or there's going to be some sort of uh wackiness associated with it I don't know how you handle this Dub what do you do I mean it's a tough situation I just looked up the trade deadline and it's October 29th so there's still a good amount of time there's a lot of time to be awkward exactly so I mean I mean if they hold him on the roster till almost Halloween think about how weird this is going to be for the Jags I mean but if you're Jacksonville, if he plays, given the way that Joe Flacco has been playing, Jacksonville has a decent chance to go on the road and beat the Broncos, right? It's a must-win game for the Broncos when you're 0-3, obviously. But it wouldn't st- shock anybody if they got a win in this uh, this game, would it? So I think that's probably the the part of the, the, the decision here that the Jags are kind of holding out. It's like, we don't think we're that bad of a team. And uh, if we trade if we trade Jalen uh, Ramsey, like we're kind of putting ourselves in a really difficult position here. But if the trade deadline's not till October 29th, I mean, this could be so awkward. That's a month still of Jalen Ramsey potentially being on this team before the trade actually takes place. And at that yeah, point. I saw a report uh, from Pro Football Talk that he's actually adding uh, back and hamstring issues along with his <laughs> flu. My neck, my back. Uh, my blank and my crack, I guess, uh, if you remember that song. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Did you expect me to drop this line as we went to break? Some people got that. How many? What percentage of our audience do you think got that reference on the Jalen Ramsey comments? Oh, half of our audience knows hip hop from the early two thousands. I would think. I I honestly thought this was Missy Misdemeanor Elliott's song. I didn't know. You told me it's. I I, I look for like whatever it is. Twenty years have thought that this was her singing it. Who is this no, actually? It's Kaya. I don't even know who Kaya is. Is this her only song? It was her only hit. Uh, and you were telling me, Roberto, the video is really it's a, good. It's a good video, man. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Top good notch. video for the kids to check out. Uh, uh, probably not. Uh, welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Want to hear something? It's a bikini car wash, but. Oh, way. well, I'm sold. <laughs> uh, Want to hear something amazing? Um, that is, uh, that's really funny. But the, the reference was to Jalen Ramsey, who said what? That his, uh, his neck and his back are both hurting now, Dub? He added hamstring and back to uh, to the back. list right. to uh, along on top of his along illness, with yeah. the flu, uh, which That's is right. reported tough he week, had. Tough, tough week, week for tough Jalen week Ramsey for him to have everything coming together all at once. And this is really funny to me that October 29th, I mean that trade deadline is a long time from now, and I have no idea. But what's going to end up happening is the Jaguars' only win is going to be against the Titans. But we'll see. Uh, we had John Elway on; it sounded like he was a big fan of the Gardner Minshew mustache. 
So uh, this uh, this is going to be interesting to uh, to see how everything uh, plays out with Jalen Ramsey. We started off the show talking about Cam Newton, who I still think is going to turn into a big story. Kyle Allen starting on the road against the Texans this week. Uh, but if you look at the director, the direction that Cam Newton's career is going right now, uh, that's going to be pretty fascinating to follow and see what ends up happening in that story as well. I do believe right now that we could have an Andrew Luck-like situation with Cam Newton where it wouldn't stun me if he just came out and announced that he was going to retire and that he felt like he had done everything, that his just injuries were adding up and he wasn't enjoying the rehab process. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's going to still play for years and years ahead. What is Cam now, 31 years old? Uh, he's not that much different than Andrew Luck. I know everybody talked about the fact that Andrew Luck was 29, but he actually turned 30 right after he retired. So he would have been turning 30, Andrew Luck would have, right at the start of the NFL season. Most quarterbacks in the NFL peak around the age of 29 years old. So that's crazy. If you think about Patrick Mahomes has five more years to get better, he really is going to Steph Curry this league. Uh, the NFL, but it is it is wild to contemplate that that would be the case for theoretically Patrick Mahomes, but that would also suggest that Cam Newton has already peaked. Now, what you typically want to do if you're a quarterback is kind of hang hold it there at that plateau from 29 on, and uh, and that is the challenge, obviously, as we try to determine what will happen with Cam, but I, I just I don't feel very good about his long-range future. I also don't feel very good about the way that we're responding to social media. If you want to go listen on the podcast, I absolutely teed off on the Des Moines Register newspaper over this story that I think is going to get a lot of attention today, which is the, the, the kid who held up the sign to get beer money at the, uh, the Iowa-Iowa State game ended up raising millions of dollars for charity for a children's hospital as a result. And then the Des Moines Register is writing a story about him. They have a reporter who does research on him. If you haven't seen this story yet, it's going to be everywhere today. They do research on this kid from College Game Day who raised money at the Iowa-Iowa State game and determined that when he was 16 years old, back in 2012, he sent what they determined to be offensive quotes, uh, offensive tweets. And as a result, he had to issue an apology, had to have a press conference. I mean, this is just totally absurd. But the irony of it all is that the reporter who tried to out him who tried to cancel him for tweets he sent when he was a teenager. Turns out that reporter actually had way more inappropriate tweets in his past. Welcome to the 21st century. This is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying, flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!